Hello and welcome to Things Musicians Don't Talk About with your hosts Hattie Butterworth and me, Rebecca Toll. Within our vibrant musical world, it can often feel that the struggles and humanity of musicians is lost and restricted. Having both suffered in silence with mental, physical and emotional issues, we are now looking for a way to voice musicians' stories, discuss them further and to connect with the many others who suffer like we have. No topic will be out of bounds as we are committed to raising awareness for all varieties of struggle. So join me, Hattie and guests as we attempt to bring an end to stigma by uncovering the things musicians don't talk about. It's just me, Rebecca, today. I have a really great interview for you with the wonderful Vic Isfrin. Uh, she's a freelance trumpet player working sort of all around the place. And uh, yeah, she's classically trained, but you know, she does sort of everything, which in itself is really impressive. But we do talk about her experiences, past and ongoing, with pregnancy discrimination and the difficulties of being a musician parent let alone musician mum and all these kind of things um so yeah I was really grateful to Vic because she just she just spoke with this kind of honesty that not that I wasn't expecting but was just really refreshing and she just hit the nail on the head so many times um I think you're gonna see what I mean and I think you'll really enjoy this interview so here is Vic Isfrin So thank you so much, Vic, for coming to talk to It's Just Me today, No Hattie. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you for having me. I got to know you when I was in NYO, I guess. Yes. You were support staff when I was there. Yes. How how long ago was that? I, I think that was I... 10 years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't believe it's been that long. I actually think that didn't last much longer after that, actually, because it's an incredibly hard job. And I don't think I realised it when I signed up for it. I was just a struggling musician that had just graduated. So I was like, oh, what can I do? Everyone seems to be doing this house staff stuff. How hard can it be? And then I realised it was 7am until midnight and it was like oh my god but yeah so um I then sort of reconnected with you recently because you popped up on my Instagram you posted something which we're going to talk about a bit later uh, about uh pregnancy discrimination um but before we get into the beefy stuff do you want to just tell our listeners about you your musical background who you are all this kind of stuff so um I am a trumpet player and I started when I was very young when I was about eight years old I think and I started playing the cornet in local brass bands and then um, a few years passed and I ended up on some sort of brass band summer school and um, I think it was James Gawley the tuba player who uh, suggested that I auditioned for Chet's uh, Cheatham School of Music for anyone that doesn't know but yeah um, and I auditioned on a slow melody I think I played Share My York oh. <laughs> and um, yeah I got in and um, yeah so I went there for five years and I loved it uh, and I had a really lovely teacher John Dickinson and um, from there I went to um, music college, I went to the Royal Northern and I was sort of fed up of studying after that. i just done so much music and I think I just wanted to get out and earn money. So I was like, I'm not doing a postgrad, not doing anything, I'm going to take a year out, I'm going to see, you know, 
how to make money as a musician and then soon realised um, that it was really difficult. And yeah, so I started doing some teaching, thank God for that, uh, because that's pretty much my first, yeah, my first job was covering a maternity leave in a music service and it taught me everything I needed to know <laughs> because it was so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did that. And then I thought, mm, maybe I do need to go and study for <laughs> masters. <laughs> so I went back and I went to Scotland to do um, one year. I did a, um, it was meant to be two, but again, I got this itchy feet thing where I was like, I need to earn money. I can't be spending any more on studying. And instead of staying there or going back to Manchester where people knew me, <laughs> I just moved to London. <laughs> I was like, it can't be difficult. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And my boyfriend, now my husband, um, obviously lived there. He he was studying a postgrad. So I just moved in with him and fast forward eleven years and I'm I'm here. I'm I'm trying to make it work still. <laughs> I still haven't learned much. Well it yeah. sounds like you are making it work. So what is it that you do most generally now? Um so basically I well I teach two days a week and um I run um like a brass hub with my husband Kai. And uh, that's like takes up maybe like a day. And then the rest of the time I try and play the trumpet for anybody who pays me. I'm not a fussy musician. I'm not like a just an orchestral musician or just playing on, I don't know, shows or function bands. I will do anything. Um, maybe <laughs> stretch myself thin and maybe not good at it all. But yeah, I try. I try. So yeah, it's 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 a mix. Like at the weekend... I was doing some Beethoven on Saturday and then Sunday I was playing with London Vegetable Orchestra on a carrot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just what it is. Exactly what you trained to do. Exactly. It's exactly where I thought I'd be. When I was studying and having an hour and a half Le Trumpet lesson a week, I knew. I just knew about those weekends of playing Beethoven and then a carrot. I just knew it was coming. Um, I mean... Obviously, we're both trumpet players and I feel like it takes a lot of courage, especially if you've been like classically trained to put yourself out there into situations that are not quote unquote classical. Did you find it scary at first or has it always just been that you've been like fine with putting yourself out there? Oh, oh my God. I saw in music college, I wonder if you felt the same, but we were just told that orchestral musician that was it you were aspiring to get a job you're aspiring to be you know on the every extra list of every orchestra in the UK and you would that I just that's all I thought about I was like right okay this is it this is all I need to do and learning every trumpet excerpt going to auditions like I remember my dad taking me to auditions abroad Spain and just thinking yeah this is what I want but actually I didn't know about the other side of it. I had no idea that you could earn money, I don't know, playing in a function band even. Like, I don't know why, because I'd seen function bands and I'd seen trumpet players up there, but maybe I had this weird, not snobbery, because I'm not a snob, but maybe I thought, oh, well, this is not classical music. Mm. This is not what I would never do that. But then when you leave college, you you don't have many options. You, you're You're left with a hell of a lot of rent and you don't really know how you're going to pay it month to month and so when someone says to you are you free I don't know to come to do a function gig 11 p.m till 1 a.m 
you're just going to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know how to improvise. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And I mean, still to this day, like if things are out of my comfort zone, I do get nervous, but you just have to say yes to everything, no matter whether it's like the most, I don't know, like a school show um, or whether it's, I don't know, the top of your game. Like it doesn't matter. And it's all, to me, it's all the same. It's got to be. It's, I'm paying my mortgage. I've got a daughter. I'm pregnant with my second. Like I can't. I wouldn't be fussy. I just, there's no point. I want to play my trumpet. It doesn't matter what it is. So it's, yeah. yeah. I guess it sounds kind of like the same way that you kind of were thrown in the deep end with your first teaching job with the maternity cover. It's like, you just have to learn it as you go along. And like, there's so much as blagging it that you're just like, I have to be a performer. Even when I'm like in rehearsal, I have to be like, yep, I know what I'm doing. It's all cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, you really do. And I think I was listening to, um, I was listening to another podcaster a few weeks ago and um, they were talking about, and it really resonated with me, when you leave college and you get asked to do, I don't know, a function gig or a show and you turn up and they're like, here's your mic or here's something and you, you've never done this before and you're like, oh my God, I don't know how to clip my mic on like, or, oh my God, I don't actually know how to do this. And they were talking on this podcast and they were saying that there should be like a mentor scheme of someone just giving you the basics. And I was like, I could have done that. I not could have done it. I could have done with that. And still to this day, you sometimes are chucked in at the deep end and you still don't know. But you do what you said, like you just have to act and put on this performance like you know exactly what you're doing. And it's terrifying because you don't want to be the one that's like asking questions. Well, yeah, and because it's like... The, the fact that people have asked you to do that gig in the first place like means that you want to be asked back so you yeah. don't want to be an idiot but yeah. at the same time you don't want to be like I know what I'm doing like don't give me advice if you're going to give me advice it's just yeah. this really weird like middle ground of if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna tell me what to do that's great but I'm not gonna ask yeah 100% just like yeah fake it till you make it I think I think that's still pretty much what I do <laughs> every day <laughs> so you mentioned you already have a daughter yes can I ask a little bit how that is managing being a parent and a freelance musician because I feel like there's so many questions I have so yeah we, we got married and then we were like yeah let's think about having children and at the time it was my husband Kai who was almost wanting a child more than me and now really like he is the best dad ever and it is 50 50 and we do really share everything but it's not having to go through the pregnancy and the nine months of I mean obviously I'm only speaking for myself because I'm sure the other women love being pregnant and that is amazing and I'm very jealous because pregnancy just does not suit my body <laughs> um so when we were talking about having a child, like a lot of it was based on, oh my God, my career, like how is this going to be affected? But I did have some friends, especially brass musicians that had children. So I was like, surely it can work. It has to work. Um, but then little did I know that as soon as sort of telling people that you're pregnant, it changes everything. And it changes almost their opinion on what you are able to do. And with the first one, so obviously Matty, who's nearly three now, um, I just sort of accepted. I was like, oh, okay, this must, you know, it'll get better once she's born. And when she came along, I did get asked for some work, maybe more 
after she was born than when I was pregnant. But the childcare stuff, that's still like a minefield. Like, honestly, that blows my mind. Every week, me and Kai sit down with a calendar. We're like, right, okay, we've got a clash on Tuesday night. We've got a clash on Thursday night. What are we going to do here? And our families don't live anywhere near. Like, my mum lives six hours up north and Kai's family live five hours to the North Wales. So we really have to be so organised. So any last minute things that come in, if he's already working and that gig came in first and I'll just have to say no or vice versa. I'm sure there are ways around it. I think we're not quite at the situation yet of asking a stranger on like there's these apps called sitters and I know a lot of um, musician mums use them. Um, I just want to wait till Matty's a bit older. But we will have to because it's it's work and we have to work to pay for her food. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really important that we continue to do that. And also to teach her that you don't have to give everything up just to be a mum and a dad. Like, you can do it. It's just, it is, I'm not going to lie to you, it is difficult and it's quite stressful and sometimes having a week where I just teach during the day is actually a really lovely week because I, th- I don't have to think past five o'clock. So I can never imagine a point where I'm like, OK, I feel like my career is stable enough that if I had kids now, I would be able to recover it. Like, was that a problem for you that you were like, when will I feel ready to? Yeah. I know exactly what, so I was expecting, so when I was younger, I was expecting when I have um, kids, I'll be, I'll have a job, I'll, um, or I'll be, you know, like a regular somewhere, you know, something like I'll be really stable, I'll know each month, I'll know what's coming in, It that never happened, and I think that when it got time to starting to have kids, I was like, do I wait for that, that may never happen, And I'm so glad that I didn't wait because it still hasn't happened. I'm still not in a job. I think that I just had to trust that I just continue to work hard. And things have, some things haven't recovered really from before having Matty. There's some things that I did before that I haven't done since. Um, And I'm not expecting to do that type of gig again. Um, Am I sad about it? Absolutely not, because I think if you can't take me as a a mother or a pregnant trumpet player, then I I don't want anything to do with you. Although that sounds like I'm really confident and like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to work for you again. Actually, no, it probably really upset me at the time. And it's taken me a while to get over that and not not resent having children because I don't at all. But you do sometimes there's like a doubt that does creep in your mind. Like, have I done the right thing? And the answer is yes, I absolutely have, but you can't help those. And so anything to do with Korea, you just have to trust the process that you as an individual will continue to work hard, whether that's trying new things or whether you recover what you had before. Sounds like just one of those decisions that you just kind of have to, if you know that that's what you want and you just have to kind of disregard any career things and just be like, right, well, I know this is what I want and then... Let's just see how it goes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to answer this, but like the logistics of playing a wind instrument or a brass instrument whilst you're pregnant, what was your experience? Um, So, so like at the beginning, like obviously morning sickness took over everything and 
that was awful. But really, it was just being uncomfortable towards the end of playing. I think I felt not that I lost any power because I didn't, but I felt like I had to sort of adjust things a little bit more. And just the way you sit, I think, like that because I was huge at the end and I was I was just so uncomfortable. And then sickness for me came back with a vengeance in the last, I think it was like the last eight weeks or maybe it was 10 weeks, because I was abroad. I was working in um, Cologne or something, maybe. I can't remember. I had to fly there. I was abroad. And um, I think it was Cologne. And I was doing a show there for a week. And I remember sitting in the pit, and I was like, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick, but hold it together, hold it together. I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And I kept having to run out. I was just like, I'm going to be, I'm being sick constantly. And it was possibly the worst week of my entire career, um, it was embarrassing, not about being sick, but I just literally couldn't play the trumpet. I, I just, it was terrible. And, but I was, it was one of these things where I was like, I don't want them to think I can't do this because I can, and I can, it's just such bad timing. And I kept seeing it saying, it's not because I'm pregnant. It's not because I'm pregnant. I've got a sickness bug. I've, but really I should have just been like, shit. Ha- oh, sorry. So I don't know whether no, I'm no, it is. Yeah, no, it's completely fine. It happens. Like, someone gets ill you can't help that you can't it's my body at the end of the day but other than that it was actually it was okay it was just bad timing on that week um and being told by Ryanair that I couldn't fly back because I was too pregnant that was that was awful (laughs) because obviously when I went out there I think you're only allowed to fly when you're 34 weeks is like the cutoff point I think of being pregnant and I think when I was flying back, I happened to be 35 weeks or something, or 36. And I was massive. So I showed the doctor's letter, you know, when I was boarding. And they're like, can you just hold on there, madam? And I was like, oh, my God. And they were like, um, yeah, you, you can't fly back because you're too pregnant. And I was like, but I can't, I can't stay here. And they were like, well, sorry, there's nothing we can do. And I was like, oh, oh, my God, like getting really flustered. And I was like, oh. so eventually after lots of arguing, lots of tears, um, I had to sign something and speak to this big boss on the phone to say um, if I happened to give birth in the air that I would be, you know, responsible for everything. So I finally got on the plane. And then when I got home, I was like, I'm not working again until after this baby's born. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but, yeah. but it feels like so many of those decisions or like so many of those experiences would only be helped if people genuinely were like, do you feel capable enough to do this? And there wasn't a fear of actually telling people like I'm pregnant and this may affect my ability, but right now I feel like I'm able to do this. Yeah, I felt the assuming thing is blows my mind because I think I saw something that you wrote on Instagram recently um, or was it a few weeks ago about uh, mental health, Mm. assuming that you can't do something rather than just ringing you up and being like, hey, have you are you free for this? Are you feeling like not even asking feeling all right? Just saying, are you free? And for you to then be like, do you know what? Now's not a really good time, so I'm not going to do it. But it's the some it's just the assuming drives me insane. Just yeah, if you just normalised saying no to things for people's well being, that would then give people the confidence to say no if they weren't feeling good, which would then mean that they wouldn't assume whether you could do something or not, and you could take charge of your abilities and schedule. That's it, without the fear of just never being asked back or being truthful. Or like, you should be able to say, 
I'm not feeling good right now, but I'm on it. I am getting to the place. And for that fixer or person to be like, brilliant, I'll give you a ring back in a few weeks' time. See how you're doing then and keep checking up on you. Like, that's all it takes. But they don't exist. (laughs) It doesn't exist. So I feel like this is a good point for you to tell your story about the thing that you shared um, about a fixer don't have to name names but like do you want to just give a summary of what happened yes so yeah I won't name names because I mean I'm desperate to I really am desperate to this is another thing why can't I this is another mind-boggling thing but anyway that's a different story so yeah so obviously I decided um so, so in January I got offered this gig and it was to perform alongside a DJ um another thing that I was just gonna you know (laughs) go with absolutely and it was a really well paid gig it was very late at night I think it was like 11 p.m or something like that gig but it was um he booked me in January and it was gonna happen May so I was like okay so in January I just found out I was pregnant and I've suffered um I suffered from a ectopic pregnancy a year and a half ago which almost killed me And then I suffered a miscarriage the few months prior. So I wasn't ready to tell anyone I was pregnant at that point because it was very early. I hadn't had a scan yet, so everything was up in the air. But anyway, he booked me for this gig and I said yes. And in my head, I was working out the dates. I'll be like, right, okay, if things go well, I'll be six months pregnant at the time. That's fine. Completely doable. Six months should be feeling great. All good. So I didn't say anything. And then um, time was going on and uh, things were moving quick and I had to send in a photograph, which I don't know why. Well, obviously we do know why. Um, Send a photograph in, send a biog um, for people to approve this gig, this events planner to approve of the people that she was booking. And the fixer got in touch with me and said, the event planners approved everything. Here's your purchase order. Can you send me invoices? Um, Here's going to be your hotel. Everything was finalised. It was all done. And then I think, um, when was it? So it was, yeah, it was like February. I decided, because I'd had the scan, everything was good. I was past 12 weeks. Um, I was like, I'm just going to mention to him I'm pregnant um just in case well not even just in case I just didn't want the shock horror on people's faces for me to turn up to a gig and be like oh oh you're you're pregnant and for me to feel awkward and bad about something amazing that's happening to me so I thought I'm just going to warn people now so I emailed him and said just to let you know I'm pregnant and I will be six months ish at the time of the gig this will have no impact on my performance. It will be all good. Just thought I'd let you know. And bearing in mind, every email between the two of us took like a week for him to reply. Um, and I got a reply back within 45 minutes being what I posted on Instagram, which was on that basis, we won't be going ahead with the gig, basically. And I'm going to put blank in for you so we're going to replace you then the sentence that really made me laugh was and then we'll be in touch when you're ready to do more gigs I remember getting this email and ringing Kai my husband in 
out the anger and but it, my anger comes out in tears and I was like I'm so angry I was like he's taking money from me like this is crazy how has he got away with this and Kai said right you've got two options you can either you know be upset about it and I don't know or you can turn this into a positive and you can raise awareness and you know to tell people about this because it can't continue to happen and so I posted it but I mean the emails that I got back from him I haven't posted which I'm really tempted to post because they're horrific obviously I emailed him back and said how disappointed I was and I'll be seeking advice from the MU and in no way am I asking to be reconsidered for this gig yeah well done just to let him know for future that you can't do this and the emails I got back from him were just him trying to pin the blame on the event planner number one and number two telling me that I shouldn't be doing a gig like that at six months pregnant because it's not safe me pardon my French but absolutely fuck off yeah what a wanker and this literally as I was reading it he was just tying himself up and not and he was trying to say to me I should have been honest from the start I was like number one that's none of your business like you can't tell me to be honest from the start when I wasn't telling anyone I was pregnant I'm not going to be honest with you about know him and then he tried to pass off and say that another musician that works for him when she was pregnant, like trying to be like, oh, my, I've got other musicians that are mums and it's, you know, I'm not discriminating. Like it's one of them. It sounds like I have friends who are black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So my best friend's gay. I don't have a problem with it. It's like, <sighs> come on, like you're an idiot. So he then went on to try and say that if I'd been honest from the start, that him and the event planner would have been able to make a more informed decision. I was like, so you mean you just wouldn't have chosen me? And then got away with it. Yeah, and also, like, it seems kind of irrelevant at what point they booked. Like, if they'd have booked you a month earlier, you wouldn't have been pregnant. If they'd have booked you a few months later, you might not have known still. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's the whole thing. That he's just completely and utterly made himself look like an idiot. But he's, from what I can gather... He, in his mind, won't think he's done anything wrong. I think he's that type of person. So after these emails, I decided to email the MU, um, send them everything I've got. I'm still waiting. I don't know what's going to happen. So far, all I've got is because I'm not employed, I can't go down the Pregnancy Discrimination Act. I can't go down that particular route. There could be another option for me. But that in itself is so flawed that self-employed people don't have this protection. Yeah. So basically it doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. She's self-employed. It really doesn't. It's like, yes, it does. It almost matters more. Yeah, I need it. I really needed it. I'm not speaking bad of the MU. Um, I haven't really... I mean, I've been a member for years and years and years and I've never really used them. I'm just... I'm not... Not because they're not going to help me. I'm just not hopeful because of the system. Like, I'm not hopeful that I'm going to get anything from it. I'm not even hopeful that he'll be made to apologise. And I'm not hopeful that he'll be blacklisted. I just, I feel that I'm glad that I spoke out because I'm hoping that other fixes will just look at the way they book musicians and stop giving it to the same people over and over again, the same males. I just want to open the door and for people to start thinking, like, oh, do you know what? 
she is, I don't know, let's get her in instead. Make it a bit different. Oh, she's pregnant. Even better. Like, not even better, but show the way. Show, like, how we can make this, like, a positive experience for just everybody to look up to people that are pregnant or not pregnant or female, male, whatever. But, yeah, I don't know whether it'll happen. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I just totally admire you for taking the situation and just putting like making it a positive because you're right that you know it's always so unlikely in these things that anything big will change but just even just one like I know so many people who have seen your post the fact that you know I hope that more people will have the bravery to say you know what I am pregnant and this will not affect my performance and if then somebody comes back to them that they won't feel like it's okay for them to have had the same response that you had. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that that's just the main thing now that, as I said, whatever happens with the M- MU happens. Like I can't, there's nothing I can physically do about it. I'm not, I'm not a solicitor. I haven't got any legal knowledge to take this fixer down by myself. I, who knows what will happen. But I think the main thing is to pave the way for women who want to be mothers and want to still carry on their career and know that it's possible to do it all but in in order for women to be able to do it all we've got to bring awareness that's happening now and just say that's not okay and you cannot get away with that I think a lot of it as well during my first pregnancy I think I mentioned this earlier like I let so many things slide I didn't talk to people about, you know, not getting booked for things because I think mainly I was maybe embarrassed that I wasn't getting, that I wasn't busy. And I knew it was because I was pregnant and not because, but then you can't help those doubts creep in your head and go, oh my God, I'm just maybe not good enough anymore. Or you can't help that. Yeah. But I wish, I suppose there's no point having regrets, but I wish that I could give my my then self a shake and just be like no speak up and talk about it and don't let this happen and go and find the gigs and don't just don't just expect you know things to be the same you've got to work you have to work a little bit harder I guess which you shouldn't have to but I wish you're doing it now like you don't have to go back and shake your old self because you're doing it now which I think is so admirable yeah Yeah, I just, I was hoping that, I mean, this post has been brilliant because there's so many people that have come to me and said, I wish, you know, that this wasn't happening and things need to change. And I think as well, some fixers maybe were guilty in my first pregnancy of not booking me. I hope that, you know, they've come to me now and said, go you for sharing. And I'm like, well actually um you (laughs) but I'm hoping that because I'm speaking out now that they look back and go well actually we probably shouldn't have ignored her for nine months that's all I want is I just want people to now wake up and just be like yeah that can't happen and maybe we will ask a pregnant musician because they need the work just as much as everybody else and just because they're pregnant doesn't mean that they can just sit home for nine months this is the thing it's like well this is presumably one of like one of the big reasons why there's so much inequality or there has been so much inequality in female musicians because there just isn't the support or the understanding out there for what 
a lot of women go through at some point being pregnant and the fact that it's played out so clearly that I mean it's getting better with female brass players but there's still that it's so unequal yeah. and just I think you can probably put stuff that you're going through um that you're I love reading your posts because I think that that's you're paving a way for people to be able to and hopefully let fixers be more understanding of people's situations same way as pregnant it's exactly the same it's just giving people a little bit of leniency with not forcing themselves to go to work you know there was times in my first pregnancy when I was working that I would literally be be sick in a bucket and I would be having to, I don't know, like force myself to be okay. Or when I was just so exhausted that I just didn't want to work. But I thought, I can't do that because that's people seeing a weakness in me. It's not a weakness. It's normal. And it's normal to be able to feel like that. And I just, I don't know what has to, well, I do know what has to change. It's people that are booking. It's people in those prominent positions being more understanding it's so simple but I don't Mm. understand why it's not happening this might be a really hard question but if there were like three practical things that you wish that you'd had from whoever was employing you well not just then but now as a pregnant musician what are some things that people can just practically do to help I mean just in your experience well that is really tough because I guess you are limited with what type of work maybe just like little things like um being expected to stand up for a long period of time because I don't want to be that person to be like oh god I need to sit down now so I'm I'm forcing myself but it would just be lovely if someone was like hold on she's pregnant Let's just say, would you like a seat? Fine. Leniency to go to the toilet more often, that and not being judged for that. Um, I think on I was doing the gig on Saturday and honestly, lovely fixer. He couldn't have been more supportive. And it wasn't him at all. It was more my own um, mind going. But it would have been great if uh, I knew where the toilets, you know, were. Or, or just like even just like at the beginning, just to be like, don't worry just go to the toilet as much as you need. But I suppose maybe that doesn't cross people's minds. So maybe that's my own fault and I should say that. Um, Yeah, and I don't want to say, I don't want it to come across wrong, but in the same way that like accessibility and ableism is like, it. not that pregnancy is a disability, like that's completely the opposite of what I mean, but it's people should have to consider these things for a workplace environment. Exactly, 100%. I feel like when you turn up to places, I don't want to have to ask but I don't want them to be like, oh, you have to sit down, you have to do that. It's more just a supportive um, reassurance. Maybe just if a fixer said, whatever you need, just let me know and we'll sort it. Because more if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, okay, brilliant. That's fine. I probably don't need anything, but thank you so much for thinking about it. And if you actually did need something, you probably would ask rather than being like, oh, I couldn't possibly ask. Yeah. Like I think there's, there was times definitely during the first time um, of me being sick a lot um, of just having to not, not talk about it. And just because I was so frightened of people um, not wanting to book me again because I was being sick in a bush outside 
or in a bucket or in my car. But if the support was there, you wouldn't have to be sick in a bush or a car. <laughs> it's it's a really tough one, that. But it's, it's, I think, as I said, if I could ask for anything, it would just be a fixer to say, is everything okay? Do you need anything? And then you would be like, I'm all set. Thank you so much. And then, I mean, I'm aware that, you know, the difficulties of pregnancy and motherhood don't stop at the day of birth. <laughs> like, so after the baby is born how I mean how was it for you going back to work so obviously when you give birth um you're in a hell of a lot of pain and nothing in my body felt right at all like um very graphic I couldn't sit down I um couldn't control my bladder like I felt you know um it was just awful like I had no it was just a really uneasy time because your body that you know so well after giving birth is completely different. And you're like, you feel like this 90 year old woman and you're just like, ah, oh, and then you've got to look after this baby and then you've got to consider working again. I went back to work really quickly after uh, giving birth to Matty Luckily, it was for friends. It was people that known I'd just given birth. So it wasn't for like fixers that um, I didn't know or hadn't really worked with before. So I was really supported. Um, but it was hard to play the trumpet. My lip wasn't in. I think the last gig that I'd done was when I got stuck in Cologne. So um, I didn't play at all. So I think I hadn't played for about, I want to say like six or seven weeks. And I didn't think about it either. And it was lovely. And I just thought, okay. And then I remember my first gig back, it was quite a blow. And my lips just collapsed. And I was like, oh God, how am I going to do this? Um, But I just, yeah, you get into a rhythm with it. But your body, that does take some, and not fitting into clothes or anything. That was really difficult. But yeah, uh, going back to work was tough. I'm not going to lie, it was tough, but it does get better with time. I feel like it where it sounds like the same level of support and just letting people know that there's people there if they and they, they understand if you do want to sit down, you don't want to sit down, like all this kind of stuff. It doesn't stop once you're back at work. Yeah, and obviously you're exhausted because you're feeding a baby in the middle of the night and it's like um and I knew I would have to go back to work pretty soon after Matty. So I chose, I'll probably upset a lot of people here because it's like a taboo you don't talk about, but I chose to bottle feed. I didn't want to breastfeed. That was my choice. And that was because I wanted to go back to work. And I'm sure that loads of musician mothers, that if they're listening to this, they can say it's possible. And to me, in my head, I couldn't get it around. I couldn't get around it. So I chose from the very beginning to bottle feed and it worked for us and I'll do it again. And that, to me, helped and eased me back into work probably quicker than if I decide that this is me, this is completely me, mm-hmm. if I decided to breastfeed as well. And pardon my ignorance, but is that just because it takes such a toll on your body? I think it was more to do with um, not being able to leave Matty. So I was fully aware. And like I know so many musician mums that take their babies to work and I am in I admire them so much like I hear of stories of um women that you know have their babies with 
a child mind or their husband or their mums or whatever. And then in rehearsal breaks, they go and feed them. And they honestly, to me, are heroes. I'm jealous, really, that they have the confidence and guts to do that. But I knew, because Kai, my husband, is a trumpet player as well, and he's an extremely busy freelance trumpet player. And I knew that that wouldn't be an option for me to have him come to my work because he would most likely be working as well. I mean, we got a childminder from a very early age from Matty because we knew the situation. So I knew for me, breastfeeding just wouldn't be possible. So yeah, that's why I chose to bottle feed. I don't know anything about it, but I can recognise that that's a brave thing to share. Um, I think uh, that was a big secret, not a secret. I just chose not to speak about it. Um, and everyone assumes you're going to breastfeed. Everybody assumes. So I remember when I was like heavily pregnant and I was speaking to my friend and she went, word of advice, she was like, make sure your baby can take um, a bottle early on full of breast milk. And I was like, oh. And then she said, because obviously you'll need to pump. And I was like, oh, God, uh Okay, and I was so embarrassed that I couldn't say, well, actually, I'm going to bottle feed because I didn't want the judgment of people to be like, oh, bottle feeding, you don't do that, you breastfeed, which is crazy because all my, you know, really close friends have been supportive. They don't say anything. They don't even bat an eyelid that I've bottle fed. But I think it's like the stigma of it and you're like, oh, my God, I can't possibly say that. But, yeah, and I think that's probably another thing that probably needs to be spoke about more is how it's possible to breastfeed while working because maybe that would have changed my decision who knows but I mean I'm going to bottle feed again because it worked the first time so I'm you know it worked for us as a family but maybe that someone else can do that (laughs) well yeah and I find it so bizarre in so many other areas but also this one that musicians know how hard it is to be freelance musicians or any type of musicians so then to put your own template or like assumptions on to child care which and just being a parent which is seemingly one of the hardest things you can do is like how you're not helping anybody and everyone says that they um they oh we don't judge we don't judge and I've got to say musicians <laughs> from my experience some only some very small percentage are some of the most judgmental people that I've ever come across. But they're the ones that be like, but we don't judge. We don't judge here. We don't judge. And it's like, well, actually you do. And I feel like that it's because people have gone down maybe a certain path of their career and a path of motherhood and a path of they've chosen that. And they're like, well, it works. So why wouldn't you do that? And it's like, well, actually it doesn't work for everyone. And everyone, as we were talking about in the beginning, you can't put everyone down this narrow thing of being an orchestral musician or this is the type of mum you're going to be. This is it's the biggest wide variety of options ever and especially put motherhood into that as well you, you know. yeah I feel like motherhood and being a musician isn't an area that's been explored that much in comparison to other areas so of course like people are trying out new things there isn't one way to do it yeah. but I also feel like with musicians because they're such perfectionists but they're in like a very liberal environment. There's this thing of like, oh no, we we don't judge, like, but you've got to do it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. There's this amazing Facebook group, but it's like it's like a private Facebook group and it's called Muse or Mums. 
and um, they don't advertise that they're there because it's quite a closed knit group and you have to be invited to be part of it um, and it's probably one of the best groups I've ever joined on Facebook not only because you are surrounded by like-minded mums because they're musicians um, that you can vent about certain things and you know it won't go any further the only thing that I find with it is being just what you're saying like not many people talk about being a mum and a musician is because I think we all vent there so we don't vent on the outside because there's this we're scared well I was certainly scared before that if we were to speak out and say how difficult it was that number one we put people off doing it and number two we wouldn't get booked for work because they'd be like, oh, we'll give them a break. They'll need sleep. They're tired. They have morning sickness. They are struggling with childcare. They're doing this. So it's almost like you don't want to speak out and you want to be like, I'm perfect. It's so easy. Um, book me. I, I can do it all. Which again comes back to that, like people assuming what you can and can't do and your limits of ability. Yeah, you just don't speak about it because of the judgment, what we were saying, comes at you. So... I, you know, I've spoken to so many musicians over the, you know, since having Matty and especially from the outside, I see some of these like super mums. I call them super mums. I don't know if they're struggling or not because what they put out there is like they can do it all. And then it makes me think, why can't I do it all? Why am I having problems with a fixer? Why am I not getting booked? There must be something wrong with me. But actually, it's maybe because that particular person just hasn't spoke up about the troubles that they're having. And I think, obviously, that's like the biggest problem with social media at the moment. I think, obviously, people putting up this perception of a perfect life and it makes it very difficult for people to relate because you're like, well, I'm not perfect and I don't have that. That's the thing, like, you forget that putting stuff out there that you've not, like doctored or anything but just shows this certain angle of your life not only makes it harder for you next time to share something difficult but then makes it difficult for other people to share something difficult and it all just goes around in a cycle it is but it's exactly the same with what you're trying to do now is trying to tell people because I haven't read that many people's posts about suffering and dealing with mental health issues as a musician. And it is so, it makes me feel okay that you will feel like that uh, as a person because you're like, oh my God, not thank God someone else has gone through that. No, no, I, I understand. <laughs> like, oh my God, I, I, this is completely fine. And I am not happy that someone's feeling sad or going through it, but also like, you you just want that it's like a comfort blanket and I think that's what's missing from so many situations with being a musician is there's not many comfort blankets because no one dares you know, oh my god how dare you say that you're having a bad day like yeah and we're all freelancing like we're all our own little bubbles and it's really hard to feel not alone in that yeah it really is but um well, honestly, thank you so much for talking so openly and so wonderfully about all these things that I just 
have never experienced and like I was saying before I think we recorded like I've been trying to find people to talk about pregnancy discrimination or just this kind of topic for ages but you can't necessarily just go up to someone that's pregnant and be like how are you feeling about your career right now <laughs> yeah because that's probably they're like perfect my my life is perfect yeah why what have you heard yeah exactly <laughs> because no one really wants to say anything but yeah as we keep saying it's just better to be open and honest and if people don't like it they don't like it and would I want to work for them anyway the answer is yes no I'm joking no it's definitely not I don't yeah, please yeah give me the gig um fingers crossed that you're doing yeah well you are you're doing amazingly and with, especially with this podcast it's just so refreshing to hear Thank you. I love the last one I really loved it was it Jocelyn Jocelyn like oh yeah. she was amazing yeah like really amazing so I really enjoyed that but also I have to say your theme tune if you like this podcast why not check us out on basically anywhere that you get your podcasts or at tmdta podcast on any of the socials or our website www.thingsmusiciansdonttalkabout.com see you next time <laughs>